Hi everyone, welcome to another Daily Objective. Today we have with us again comedian and rapper and intellectually curious Raka Raka Ali. Hi Raka. Hey Nikos. The Daily Objective today is Jordan Peterson and how did this come to my mind? There's a very interesting scene in Atlas Rugged. It's actually one of my favorite scenes. It's Hank Reardon's wedding anniversary party. And Francisco D'Anconia is walking through the, through the crowd and he hears this philosopher uh, talking about, uh, he, he listens to some people talking about philosophy. And he brings, oh, he brings to the discussion Hugh Axton, who was his teacher. And Hugh Axton has disappeared from the public sphere. And there's this woman saying, isn't it weird that when a politician or an actor retires, we hear about it in the news, but when a philosopher retires, we don't hear a word about it. And Francisco says, well, eventually, when if, even when a philosopher is retired, we, we, we do notice, or, okay, I battered it, but something like that. So lately, Jordan Peterson, of course, he hasn't retired, hopefully, but he has been away from the public scene because he's facing some uh, personal issues. And from what I understand, they're getting better. So hopefully he's going to be fine. But I've seen a lot of people uh, during both the COVID crisis and even more during the events of the last two weeks saying, God, I miss Jordan Peterson. Like he, he was a voice that we'd want to, to be here. So that's, that's where the discussion started from. Because some years ago, a couple of years, Jordan Peterson was considered the number one public intellectual in the world. And maybe we can discuss the merits of him. But in terms of the crowd he would reach, that was definitely the case. So do you think that his voice is missing the, these days with all the things happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is. Um, he's, uh, he's definitely, uh, he's got a personality to be reckoned with. Uh, his words have influence. And um, I mean, we, last time we spoke, you brought up the whole Kavanaugh thing and Jordan Peterson surprised a lot of people by saying maybe Kavanaugh should consider stepping down to help unite the country. Uh, he's said surprising things in the past. Um, my, so my understanding is he first rose to prominence uh, as sort of the spokesman for defending free speech. But the, the form in which he was protecting free speech was sort of a, a popular position to have. A lot, like a lot of people agreed with him that you shouldn't be forced to call someone a certain pronoun or whatever specifically he was uh, defending. He wasn't, for example, saying you have a right to contribute as much money as you want to a political candidate, that's free speech. He wasn't saying something like that. And he also, he, he, didn't, he didn't happen to be defending, you know, gay people's right to express themselves a certain way. He might agree with what I just said, but, you know, uh, but that's not specifically what he was fighting for. So he got, my understanding is he kind of rose to prominence with sort of a populist position, but he's uh, repeatedly said things that surprised people. Like I remember uh, around 2017 when Peterson was really um, rise, was really uh, becoming a force to be reckoned with. And the, the Me Too movement was, was in full effect. And Louis C.K., the popular comedian, was in hot water for some uh, sexual indiscretion. In, and uh, Peterson tweeted out something like, you know, given the Louis C, you know, at a time of Louis C.K.'s uh, controversy, we might be wise to remember why sex has traditionally been saved for marriage and why we should consider returning to that. He said something along those lines. And a lot of his um, 
fans at the time who were, they were sort of on board with everything they'd heard him say up until that point. They were like, wait, what? I thought this guy was cool. I thought this guy was like me. But, but he said what he believed. And over a very short amount of time, Peterson, I think, is he's facilitated a return of religion in, the, in a way that hasn't, been ha- that hasn't happened ever, ever, in, in, you know, since religion went away, um, since religion sort of left the uh, intellectual prominence that it enjoyed in the dark ages. I don't know that there's ever been uh, a respected public intellectual that with a straight face uh, married, uh, you know, religion with science and just, and just says what he believes like that. But when you speak with confidence and moral certainty, it does reach people. And a lot of people who a few short years ago used to be proud atheists and they used to make fun of religion, they now make fun of atheists. They say, oh, okay, I tip my fedora at you, sir. Like you're, you think you're so intellectual. You're so unsophisticated. Atheism is just for, for teenagers. Uh, we're sophisticated. We understand that religion, it's, you know, it's innate. It, it's passed from our ancestors. It, it, it was around for so long because it works. I mean, all this stuff that Peterson taught them. So it's very interesting what you said about religion. So I remember during the Kavanaugh case, uh, I think it was it was Molyneux who said, and Molyneux started as supposedly someone who was well on the side of reason and and anar- and he he called himself anarchist and all that stuff. But I remember during the Kavanaugh case, he said something that really surprised me. He, I mean, negatively, obviously. So he said, "I'm not religious." But seeing Kavanaugh and his moral fortitude makes me wish I was. And I think this is a big problem with the right. They have this idea. Even people who should know better because they have read stuff that should make them know better. That if you're not religious, you can't basically have principles. So in their mind, there are two options. The one is this, what we call the other day, disintegration. The everything goes the whim of the moment. So today we bring down statutes, tomorrow we do something else without anything to guide us, but this kind of mentality of the group. And on the other side, you have people of religion. And you said that Peterson had something to to do with this. And we could cut him some slack if we said, well, at least, okay, here's a guy with principles, but the, and I don't mean moral principles, I mean general principles. The problem with me and Peterson is I don't get what his principles specifically are. And the thing that really surprised me negatively with Peterson is some years ago, when he was, again, he was so big that he had to be in every media and give commentary on all issues, someone asked him about gambling and whether states should impose limits on gambling. And what you would expect from the great champion of freedom of speech would be that, look, in the same way that in the one situation I told you, look, people have the right to take their own decisions on what they will say, or what they will hear, they don't uh, break anyone's rights, the same should happen with gambling. And his reaction though was this kind of pragmatic, he said, well, I would have to see the data first, and yes, maybe government has some role to play. And then he brought up uh, the fact that there's a lot of data saying that gambling is, is harming people. So this empiricist view. So the question is, wait, okay, so you're not, so supposedly you are four principles and very strong principles, but what are these principles after all? I think his principle in this case is pragmatism. So uh, Peterson's um, secular side is what scares me because his secular side sort of brings in religion and collectivism and sort of um, 
and sort of makes it seem scientific and individualistic even. Um, he is, um, look, he, he, when he talks politics, he, his, his fundamentals just of politics are flawed because he looks at things in terms of what's good for the community and what's the best way for us all to sort of live alongside each other with, um, with um, you know, without turning into a, a totalitarian state. But um, that's not the place to start. The place to start, of course, is, you know, what's the nature of man? Uh, how, do you, how do you know what exists? Uh, someone like Molyneux, also unfortunately a force to be reckoned with, he, his sort of, his politics did, they always were sort of individualistic, kind of like you have rights and take that to, it, to its extreme, he concludes anarchy. But because he never understood Ayn Rand's ethics, Molyneux ends up just abandoning all of that anyway and just uh, cozying up to religion and saying, I understand now how religion has contributed positively to, to, to the West and why we might probably need it. And, I, and I'm even starting to kind of wonder if maybe religion was right all along. All of these things. Ultimately, philosophy stands or falls um, as a whole. And um, yeah, I, 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 um, you meant you, we, we spoke last time the other day about like, what can unite all these people when we're so divided in the country? And I think Peterson is that guy. Ultimately, it's hard to imagine people on the left and on the nihilistic egalitarian left ever um, cozing up to him. But uh, people change and over time, the culture changes and sometimes faster than you think. And uh, someone like Peterson could end up being the unifier. I mean, watch his appearance on the Bill Maher show. Bill Maher is just the most partisan on most issues, most partisan, ugly um, attack dog for the left on most issues. Not all. He's, he's OK on certain issues like Islam, I suppose, I, you know, um, but but he brings out Peterson. He goes, oh, come on out. I'm such a big fan. You know, he's. You would never guess that Peterson is, has become this um, boogeyman that the media has been smearing as this right-wing lunatic and as this white supremacist. You would never guess that watching Bill Maher bring him out. So I would say keep an eye on Peterson and what it is that he brings, whether it's him or sort of his influence over time with, with other personalities, he could be sort of what ends up um, bringing people together after this all cools down. That's very, I'm very surprised. Okay, obviously we don't rehearse the shows, but that's, that's a very, that's a very interesting. I, I think, I think there's so much hatred from parts of the left, not all, but parts of the left towards Peterson, that I would be very surprised with this. But since we spent the first half of the show criticizing Peterson, and we could spend hours and hours more criticizing, specifically, you know, the, this, this idea, because in a way, Peterson is, has postmodernist traits. There was this podcast with Sam Harris, painful to listen. So Sam Harris tries for almost two hours, have Peterson uh, commit to a definition of truth and reality, and not even that is possible. But anyway, we've, we've criticized Peterson, and we've done it many times in the past, but let's go to the good Peterson. So... Two things come to mind. First, would you consider that in a way he was prophetic? Because Peterson in his talks, he would use examples that for many people would be weird. Like he would bring up the gulags. He would bring up, although he hasn't got such a deep knowledge of it, let's say the Cultural Revolution or the Cambodians, the, the, the Khmer Reds in, in Cambodia. And he said that I see in these fanatic young people, I see this mindset. 
I am afraid that these people who today want to make me say the gender pronouns that I don't believe to be true, that very recent, very soon they're going to be drunk on their power and who knows what comes next. And you only need to spend five minutes nowadays on the media and Twitter to see what are next. Every day we have more and more and more news. The latest is that now even all fields like Gone with the Wind are considered problematic. And not only we've gone beyond problematic, it's that they need to be brushed under the carpet. They need to disappear, basically. And there's always this chance that we are exaggerating and we're overreacting. And then, you know, summer is beautiful. If COVID goes away, in a month we'll be at the beach and we'll have forgotten all this. But do you think there's something in what Peterson warned us about? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's great at uh, naming the problem. I mean, I love the fact that he's talking about postmodernism, even if he doesn't realize he himself is carrying water for it, like you said. Um, yeah, look, I mean, he's anti-totalitarian. But I mean, I wonder, did, did, did when Rome fell, did the Dark Ages uh, come in by people marching and goose-stepping? Or did it sort of seep in and over, over time people found themselves getting dumber and more simple. And before you knew it, you just had some peasants digging in the mud for a few hundred years or, or more. Um, I think uh, he definitely wants people to mellow out and that's great. Look, I, again, philosophy stands or falls. If Peterson has such an ugly view of people, he thinks that when he talks about Joseph Stalin, he says, what makes you think you wouldn't have killed all those people if you were Stalin? This is him. I mean, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He says, and if you weren't going to kill those people, someone else would have killed you. And you would dropping so much context in terms of like what brings about someone like Stalin to power and, and what brings about communism. The fact that he's so shut off to um, to objectivism when when presented with it um, and so dismissive of the beauty of Ayn Rand's novels. <sighs> But you're right. He he is uh, he is identifying that the the chaos that's coming about it needs to you know is is antithetic to human life. Uh, in terms of what's good about him, I love clean your room. I think this is uh, this is big, and this is kind of what made made me kind of take notice that this is a force to be reckoned with. And it's a big he's a big uh, part of what made me start speaking about objectivism. Um, I think maybe seeing that people are hungry for this type of thing, and uh, and it's. It's unfortunately not in, in the culture, and I, I don't see much of it coming from objectivists. I, something like clean your room, it's, uh, it's, very, um, it's very concrete, and it's uh, just an excellent place to start. And it's kind of the type of uh, lesson that I've learned in my own life, and that I try to advise you know, people, you know, people who ever ask me for kind of where to start and what to do. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, on a personal level, same here. So he, he has this very, very beautiful line. He says, whenever you don't basically tell the truth, which in, in my opinion, he means when you don't speak up and when you don't talk about what you see, when you do this, evil prevails. And I think this is very important these days. So these days, and again, I might be a bit dramatic, maybe in two months, I see this episode and I was like, okay, that was ridiculous. I think a lot, of, a lot of things are at stake these days. We, we see, again, people being cancelled for things that are completely ridiculous. So I think this is the time when a big part of the battle will be decided. If at this point we don't say what we see and we say, okay, I want to be comfortable this and not, you know, don't rock the boat, I think we're going to be in big, in big, big trouble. 
But something, something else about uh, the last point I want to bring about uh, Jordan Peterson. So you could say that in a way, and you, you, you mentioned that in a way he has brought religion back to the, to the public discussion. And from our point of view, this is not something uh, which is good for various reasons which we can discuss at a different point. It, mostly when it, when it comes to metaphysics and epistemology, the, the root of philosophy, as you said. Because they focus on ethics, but ethics comes after you have a view of the world and a view of yourself. But at the same time, we could say that he has brought back in conservatism, or at least to those who can listen, an element of individualism, maybe half-baked, maybe not so good. So the other day, uh, Candace Owen, who, uh, again, uh, I'm not a big fan, but she, she, she's brave, I, I, I give her that. So she posted this video after George Floyd's death, which last time I checked, and it was days ago, had some like 70 something million views. And she makes the point, she makes the point that I bet that most of these protesters haven't cleaned up their room, which I don't think it's a good way to kind of counteract the protest. But anyway, so this idea that you have to start from your life, and we see a lot of conservatives that saying that sorting yourself out is the new counterculture. Or now there's this thing that says that beauty is the counterculture. And when they say beauty, they mean like traditional, I guess, Western beauty standards. And again, we can discuss whether this is a good route to go or not. But do you think that this is the Peterson effect? That the fact that conservatives you know, listen to Joe Rogan, to Jordan Peterson, they like Jocko Willink, all these people that talk about individual responsibility and work on yourself. They might be wrong in many issues. And they, they might be throwing, for example, the term self-sacrifice all the time, which I don't like. But at least they brought this thing back. They made taking care of yourself and sorting yourself out, and they made it trendy again. Do you think this could somehow change conservatism and make it change route towards a better direction? I hope so. Maybe it depends on us. Uh, but... Um... I mean, yeah, conservatives, I think, have always sort of uh, retained that sort of uh, that value driven that sent uh, folks on values and per, uh, your personal life. So sort of individualism married, unfortunately, to, you know, community and family and religion as sort of a primary. Um, yes, I, the answer is yes. Um, I do think he's having that effect. And a, a positive does beat out a negative. So the 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 left is worshiping ugliness. They are knocking things down and punishing, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they consider privilege, which often is just um, beauty or, or any sort of advantage in, in life. And, uh, and that's not what most people want, which is why I think ultimately when, ultimately this will cool down. <clears throat> I'm going to put money on this per se. Sorry, my throat. <clears> throat> Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm unsure. So maybe I'm, I'm a little confused and my, uh, my throat is telling me, <laughs> stop talking. But um, it's, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. And yes, there is, a, there is a cause for optimism. Say, oh, look, individualism is, uh, is coming back. But remember that Christianity is what brought individualism into the West, but uh, not without a thousand years of, of stagnation and... You know, I once saw uh, uh, someone post a, a quote, like sort of a mean kind of quote type of uh, phrase saying, have you ever met a Holocaust denier that didn't wish to repeat it? That was a kind of a rhetorical question. 
Now, I would ask the following. Have you ever seen a dark age denier who doesn't wish to repeat it? Who doesn't? So when you see people like Peterson and Shapiro apologizing for the dark ages, downplaying how bad it was, saying, well, was it so bad? I mean, we had religion, we had community, you know? Who, who needs all these gadgets anyway? And you're seeing increasing uh, people, the sort of ripple effect of Peterson and others like him who are uh, getting people to glorify the good old days of living in an agrarian way and, um, and how uh, technology and, in, and industry has brought us uh, the nihilistic left and the SJWs and all this craziness. So you are seeing a return of the primitive, I think, in, in philosophy. And uh, as we know, ideas have consequences and philosophy is heavy equipment. So uh, yes, there, there's cause for optimism. We're definitely, it's better to have somebody uh, bringing something positive for, uh, for us to challenge, but we'd better be ready to challenge and to uh, clarify uh, that we have something better. And to end on an optimist note, I, I agree with what you said, but as a last thought, I will, I will throw this to the table. No matter what happened at the end with Jordan Peterson and his ideas, and again, I really, really hope that he's doing well because I, I have a lot of respect for him. It shows that one person can make a change. If one public intellectual can fill in stadiums and solve millions with a book, which at the very, very end of the day, I think that's I think that's Razi's point that self-help is usually concealed individualism at the very root of it. So if Peterson can do can do this, we can do this as well, and we can do it maybe in a in a better way. And on this, hopefully, happy optimist notes. Uh, thank you very much, Raga. Thank you very much to our viewers. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss who knows what, but definitely something interesting and something that's gonna leave us wanting to change the world and ourselves even more passionately. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye.